0: Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Park Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today, we're going to be talking about the best news ever, and it's a little Christmas meditation that I wanted to send your way. So let's look at the best news ever. When I was nine years old, I was the head angel in a church Christmas play, and I think I was supposed to be the angel Gabriel. That was my name in the script, at least, and my kids found out about this the other day. I was talking to them about it, and they said, isn't Gabriel a boy angel? And I said, I don't really know, but for whatever reason, I was the angel Gabriel, and my big part in the church play was to come out on stage in a long white robe and to blow a trumpet and deliver some really good news to some shepherds, and I remember holding that trumpet, it was a real trumpet, and they kind of taught me how to look like I was blowing it and playing it, but someone backstage was actually playing the actual trumpet fanfare, but it looked like I was doing it at the age of nine, and so a lot of people complimented me on my amazing trumpet playing skills, even though I wasn't the one doing it, so I still remember that, but the news that I was supposed to deliver in this Christmas play is actually the best news in the entire world, the best news that has ever been Or ever will be. And it goes like this Behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. In that moment, those shepherds and everyone who would hear that news moving forward had received the best news ever. That news was delivered to us when Christmas happened, the very first Christmas, that God had sent His Son as a Savior to be our Redeemer. We so often want to look to other forms of good news to bring us joy and happiness. Think about what we tend to look to, success and popularity and romance and adventure and opportunity. Maybe you're hoping to hear good news about a job promotion or an opportunity you've been waiting to have open up for you or money coming in or the fact that you've been invited somewhere, your popularity status is elevated, or maybe you're hoping to hear the news of a relationship that is unfolding in your life or some great adventure that you have the chance to go on. And it's so easy to build our happiness around hearing those forms of good news and forget that we have already received the best news in the entire world, the best news the world will ever hear is already ours for the taking. I've often heard Elizabeth Elliot say that happiness is what the entire world is seeking, and she quotes a philosopher that says, all men seek happiness, there are no exceptions. And it's so true, if you take a step back and think about it, that we as humans are programmed to seek after happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction. And yet we as Christians are the only ones with the real secret to happiness, and that is Jesus. The angels delivered that secret to true happiness to the shepherds that night and to the entire world. Happiness isn't found in the place that most of us are looking for it. The secret to being truly happy with lasting happiness is to receive that joyful news, the best news in the world, and realize the true source for lasting joy. It says in Psalm 511, let those who love your name be joyful in you. And I love that because it's not be joyful in this opportunity or this job or this popularity rating or this relationship. It's be joyful in you, meaning God alone. In First Peter 5, 8, it says, Though now you do not see him, meaning Jesus, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. And when I think about what the angels delivered to the shepherds that night, I think about joy inexpressible and full of glory. That kind of joy is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. We have every reason to be happy right now, even if we haven't received good news in a long time, because we've already received the best news we're ever going to be receiving in our entire lives maybe you can relate to the pattern of delayed happiness. I know that this is something I've struggled with off and on in different seasons of my life, which is putting my contentment and my joy on hold until my circumstances improve. Maybe it's thinking once I get done with this miserable project, then I'll be happy. But until then, I have every right to be frustrated and miserable. Or maybe if this person would start treating me better, I'd be cheerful. But until then, it's totally reasonable for me to be irritated and depressed. Or if I could finally get married like all my friends, this is something I know a lot of single people struggle with. If I could finally get married like all of my friends, then I'll be happy. But until then, I have every reason to feel lonely and discontent. So maybe you can relate to one of those three scenarios, or maybe there's another scenario in your life that's causing you to delay contentment and delay joy until circumstances change. Paul wrote these words in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord, always. And it's incredible to think that he's telling us to rejoice in the Lord always at all times in all situations. And he wrote those words from a prison cell. The entire book of Philippians is a book about joy. It's a book about rejoicing in the Lord. And it's talking about that joy inexpressible and full of glory. And yet the entire epistle was written from a prison cell we need to ask ourselves the question, is joy a feeling or is it a decision? I really believe that joy and happiness is a decision of the will. It's a purposeful act of fixing our gaze upon Jesus Christ and anchoring our soul to him. As long as our eyes are on Jesus, we will be happy. As long as they are on our circumstances, we will always be discontent. So let's take a quick look at several common happiness myths and how to overcome them with truth and remember that true happiness has already been given to us with the message that the angels brought on Christmas. The first myth is that I'll be happy when my romantic life is perfect. So many of us struggle with this. In the single years, we're thinking that we'll be happy when we finally get married and are swept off our feet by the one that we're going to spend the rest of our life with. When we're married, we often think we'll be happy when our spouse changes and becomes more sensitive and more like the Prince Charming we've always dreamed of. This is the biblical reality. As long as we are looking to a human to meet the deepest needs and longings of our heart, we will only be disappointed. That happiness that we're seeking in a human relationship can truly only be met by Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that there isn't joy and fulfillment that comes from earthly romance, but if the depth of our soul level needs need to be met in Jesus Christ alone. Because then we can go into a, an earthly relationship with a selfless mentality. Our needs have been met in Jesus, and now we can turn outward and give to the other person. Psalm 107.9 says, He satisfies the longing soul. Jesus satisfies the longing soul. Not a romance with the person of your dreams or a perfect marriage, but He satisfies the longing soul. Another very common myth about happiness is this. I'll be happy when people finally notice and appreciate me whether that's at your job or at your church or in your circle of friends or in your family, but the biblical reality to understand that happiness is found in bringing glory to Jesus Christ, not in drawing attention to ourselves. Just as the angels delivered that news to the shepherds that night, they were bringing glory to God. And that's really where true joy comes from. John the Baptist was such an amazing example of this because he found the ultimate joy in the fact that people did not notice him anymore because they were captivated by Jesus Christ. There was a point in John's ministry where His disciples came to him and and noticed what was happening with Jesus. and, And they said, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. Sort of like the idea that, hey, you need to put a stop to this because people are going to him now instead of you. And this was John's response. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, meaning Jesus, but I must decrease." What an incredibly opposite mentality from the one that most of us have. We so often think that if we are seen, if we are noticed, we'll be happy, but John is giving us this incredible pattern that our joy will be fulfilled when we decrease and Jesus increases. We can only find true joy and purpose when our desire is to get out of the way so Jesus can be more clearly seen. Another very common happiness myth is this, I'll be happy when I can experience the best that life has to offer. Maybe you have dreams and desires, you want to travel or have these different experiences or be entertained or experience worldly comforts and pleasures. It says in 1 Timothy 5.16, she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. If we look to earthly things, earthly pleasures to fulfill us and, and be our source of happiness and joy, we're only going to be going from one temporary high to the next. There can be happiness that comes from having an exciting experience or traveling or seeing things that we've never seen before. But real lasting happiness is only found when we live for eternity and not those temporary highs that come from just that momentary excitement that we can find here on this earth. C.T. Studd said, only one life, it will soon be past." Only what's done for Christ will last. So if you've been delaying your happiness until you can have specific experiences, remember that it's as simple as beginning to live for eternity. You don't have to see the world and have all these incredible experiences and see the latest of, of the world's entertainment to be fulfilled. You can be fulfilled right now in Jesus Christ by living for eternity. Another common happiness myth is I'll be happy when my circumstances changed. And I touched on this a few minutes ago, but we so often think I will be happy if I get a better job or a better marriage or a better church or better friends or a better house or a better life situation in this way. And the mantra of our culture today is so built around this idea, do what makes you happy, do what makes you feel good, do what brings you pleasure. Any decorating store you walk into, any clothing store you walk into, you're going to see that message. It's just absolutely everywhere. And it can be very easy to fall into that mindset and start believing that it's our right to live for our own happiness. But here's what we need to do as children of God: we need to start asking a new question—not what will make me happy, but what will bring God glory. And if we live with that question on our hearts, we will find true joy. I've shared on this podcast before. There are so many Christians throughout history that have so inspired me in this because they woke up every day with the idea, "Lord, my life is not my own. How can I bring you glory today?" As opposed to waking up thinking, "What do I want to get out of today?" The Bible says that for the The joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He made himself of no reputation. He took on the form of a servant. He poured out his life, not seeking his own happiness, but seeking ours, seeking our redemption and our joy. And because of that sacrifice, it brought him to a place of tremendous joy and it brought joy into our lives as well. So pouring out our lives, asking how we can give God glory with our lives is a secret to lasting joy. Now, as we close, let's look at the fact that we have already received the best news in the entire world, the best news we'll ever hear is ours. All we have to do is reach out and receive it. We have every reason to be happy right now, even if nothing else ever went right in our lives, even if we never achieved one earthly desire. We already have every reason to be joyful and content for the rest of our lives because we were deserving of death and separation from God. And yet in his mercy, he sent his son to this earth to redeem us, to give us everlasting life and to make us part of his royal family. Now, for someone who is condemned to an eternity of misery, and that is what we've been given as a gift to be part of his royal family, what greater gift could we ever receive? And what greater joy could we ever hope for or ever need? I'd like to finish with a quote from Streams in the Desert, which is so convicting and so powerful in light of this understanding of the best news ever. I suspect that the source of every bit of sorrow in my life can be traced to simple unbelief. If I truly believe the past is totally forgiven, the present is supplied with power, and the future is bright with hope, how could I be anything but completely happy? And that is my prayer for you this Christmas season, that you will receive that best news ever and truly believe that your past is totally forgiven. Your present is supplied with power, God's power that he offers to you, and that your future is bright with hope in Jesus Christ, and that we will discover that kind of lasting happiness that is found in him, the greatest gift of all. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Again, for more on building a Christ-centered life and for great gifts for the women in your life, go to setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.